0: This is Jesus's prayer for us. And so it's intimate, but it also ought to be very dear, knowing that right before he dies, this is his prayer for you. My prayer is not for them alone, the, the, the uh, apostles. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. And think about that even as it pertains to this room, that all of them may be one. What level of Unity. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. That's a high bar, but it's that level of unity. And amen, that that's his aspiration for us. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. So it has uh, an implication. The world believes. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then... The world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be where I am, to see my glory, the glory you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, the world doesn't know you. I know you. They know you and that you've sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So we're called to a level of unity that is meant to make the world stop in its tracks, look at all of y'all, and say, how did that happen? What is it that has actually facilitated that? And and we know that, of course, there are some really big reasons why that is. And and again, I've mentioned to you that I've been on uh, sports teams with incredibly rigorous expectations I, I rode for the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, I, I remember that, that freshman year where we went away for training camp. We, I, I'm sorry, in the winter. We went away to winter training camp, and it was crazy, crazy. I mean, they, they had to weigh us every day to make sure that we weren't dropping weight too much because of just the rigors of what was going on there. For some of you who have gone through intense basic training, you know how you were bonded together through, through experiences like that. Uh, some of you may have even kind of been in war zones with with other fellows or even done time on a submarine or other things that have kind of brought you into a place where it's like, whoa, I mean, we had a kind of guy to guy band of brothers, beautiful experience that went down in our life. And, and I've had that in a lot of different avenues of my life, but all of them fall woefully short of the friendship, the unity, the oneness that I have even in a day with with any of you. Massive, I couldn't even begin to be in the same realm of comparison. It's such a massive difference. And so why is it that not only here, but even if you travel to another church, you, you appreciate it too. You end up in a, in a fellowship of real disciples of Jesus and, and you're almost like scared because it's so eerily comfortable and such a quick and close connection that you think how, how is this happening? I mean, there's no line of communication between here and Bahrain, uh, or between here and San Antonio, but but yet when I go there or to Groton or to San Diego, or where, by goodness, it's it's almost like boom, I'm just plugged in, as easy and tight and wonderful and and as loving and generous as it is as if I'm I'm back at home. Whoa. How does such a thing happen? Well, there's some characteristics, I think, that promote it that we need to make sure that we embrace and keep stoking. Why? Because there's a lot on the line. What's on the line? So that the world may know Jesus. This beautiful, intense, integrated unity that we've got, us as one, as Jesus and the Father are one, no small thing, and wow, whatever it is that that we can kind of stoke along that. Well, one of the things that we have that that Jesus has already mentioned to these. And and there's four things. My first one is the thing that we have is we have suffering for a greater cause. Mm -hmm. Jesus has spent most of chapter 15 and 16, or at least a lot of chapter 15 and 16, telling these guys with his kind of last charge to them, all right, good news, guys. Here it is. If the world hated me, they're going to hate you too. Like whoa, yay! And and on top of that, they're gonna hate you just as they hated me. And I'm out of here. And like ah, oh, ah. Oh. But nonetheless, these guys that are kind of stumbling, bumbling into each other, running away, fearful, they come back. They come back together, and as one man, they then strive to change the world. And not just them, but those that will believe the message through them as well. And all those generations of Christians, one after another, were called to <coughs> regard their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's Hebrews 13, 7, and 8, by the way, if you're keeping score at home. That connection to, to those guys, to those that followed those guys, to those that followed them and followed them, and we're trained in this unending chain of of uh, training and inspiration all experience something very similar that it is it is given to us not just simply to believe in christ but also to suffer for christ philippians three ten says that it has been granted to you not just to be able to believe but it has been granted to you to be able to suffer and why, why is that so amazing? Or, or why, when Peter says to Jesus, "Hey, we left everything. What do we get?" and Jesus says, "Oh, you get a lot. You get in this present age a hundred times as much, whatever you left—homes, brothers, wives, childrens, fields—for me." And then he says, "Oh, and one more thing, you get." And with that, what was it? Persecutions. With that, persecutions. We are bonded because. We suffer together for something that's more than worth it. We're bonded because our life is a thrill ride. It is not just simply riding a couch, contemplating a psalm and saying, wow, isn't Christianity compelling and thrilling? No, we're, we're, we're out there. We're making a difference. We're pushing the envelope. We're calling people to repentance. We're exp- um, opening eyes to see that calling yourself a Christian when you're not living as a disciple is a far cry from what the Bible defines as Christianity. Yeah. We are trying to disrupt with all that we've got. And when you disrupt and when you call people to that kind of a exclusive following of Christ with that kind of a lifestyle, there's going to be pushback. Yeah. And you'll, you'll feel it from a variety of, of uh, people in your life. Some of those most close to you. We'll, we'll, we'll perhaps bring it. You've many have had that experience. I've, I've, I've had uh, more than my fair share of all of that. But guess what? The the fact that you're my brother and we've gone through that. My goodness, that's a that's a bonding unity that we've got. When I went over to India, I mean, we got nothing on them. Uh, I went over to India and I was having a, a a lunch with a table of a lot of the disciples over there, and I was asking them, "Hey, what's it like when you study out the discipleship study?" Over there, How does that go? And we are just talk about how we do maybe some things differently. And they say, well, one thing that we do that we make sure of is that whenever we're in a discipleship study and we talk about what it means to take up your cross or how it is that, that there's going to be difficulty in this life. One of the things that we often do is we kind of show them, you know, all the places where we got stitches or, you know, where we still have scars from all of the beat downs that we took. For preaching Jesus, and I said, "I'm sorry, I asked." <laughs> uh, we uh, we talk about how um, I don't know uh, we might lose our tax exempt status. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I was like, "Wow!" Like what? I mean, but but you know what? Those brothers, they are bonded deep for life, uh, and and even here, you know, and uh, our, our one Bible talk went out. And we were, you know, kind of sharing in the parking lot at Walmart just a couple of years ago. And the, the guy that I was sharing with just turned on me. And all our kids are with us too, right? I mean, we're, we're like loaded down with all of the baggage that we call our dearest children. And, and while we're, the guy turns at me and he was like bleep bleep, bleep, F, this, G, D, up one side, down the other. I mean, screaming at, at it. And he's also massive. Like super massive, uh, and you know, I, I had to just kind of hang my ground. The other brothers kind of came over real quick at the at the same time, and we were you know, kind of listening to them, bring them through, and, and seeing, hey, maybe you got hurt, whatever it was. But you know what? We don't look at that night as like, oh man, I want to just forget that. We don't. We're like, you remember that night? Remember that night, man? Come on! I was, you know, <laughs> side by side, we stood with one another, bring you know, for, for 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 the gospel of Jesus. Uh, different times I've gone street preaching with some of the brothers and, you know, I, I, ended up kind of doing some of the street preaching as this other brother was with me and he was a, a light skinned African American and, and, and I'm, I'm preaching and it ended up being a black crowd at the moment. And they all started kind of bringing it to me because I was white and, and my friend Vaughn who was, who was with me said, well, hey, you know what? How, how about me? You know, and, and because he was so light so they're like, man, <laughs> <laughs> who are you kidding? You know I mean these are like these are like the fun stories that that, that, that really bond us. Let, let me encourage you guys if if you 're riding the teacups there's nothing so bonding about that get get on the ride that requires the quick pass. Those are the thrill rides. Why not live out Christianity in such a way that it it 's dangerous and and that it it brings about even dangerous blowback. Uh, you can polite your way, strategize your way. But you know what? How about just allow the spirit to unbridled use you and, and see what happens as you're having those connections and conversations along the way. But you, one thing will happen, you will be bonded because it has been granted to you not just to believe, but to suffer together in that cause for Christ. Second thing is we strive for, for greater goals. We, we have something to live for that is so unique and transcendent that, that other people just don't have. And we as brothers go after that. Sure, you know, maybe you wanna run a marathon or lift more weights or uh, climb a mountain or have that adventure. And, and yeah, sure, those are, those are nice things, but they ain't nothing compared to actually, I wanna make a difference in my neighborhood. I wanna establish a beachhead for Jesus Christ. I wanna see families come to know Christ. I want to have an impact in, in such a way that it is multi-generational in its trajectory of, of how the world will change. Paul, Paul says to his friends over in Philippi, and because of my chains, most of the brothers, um, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. I, I, I love that kind of hey we've got this bigger goal and we are unstoppable i mean it almost kind of folds into the earlier point i get that but that because we have something that is so much bigger we we get to live for that but by the way there was a book that came out many years ago wild at heart john eldridge wrote it and he said that you know every man is wired in a certain way and i've referenced it a few times but there are three things that every man is wired for if you're a man and that is that you want to have an adventure to live a battle to fight and a beauty to rescue or someone distressed to rescue a battle to fight, an adventure to live and uh, a, 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 a man, a, someone in need of, of rescue. Guess what? In Jesus, you got all that. You've got you don't have to run after it virtually. Oh, I'm living an adventure. I got the the, the extra gold key. Yay. Oh, my. I love these multi-role player game things. Whatever. What is that? And and why experience that when you can actually be out making the real adventure happen? Because you don't have to manufacture the greater goal. You've already got it. It's given to you by Jesus. It's not you trying to find purpose for your life. You've already got a a greater purpose for which you strive, a greater goal for for, for which you strive. Uh, As you strive together with with brothers, remind yourselves of of what it is for which you strive. Do so. Plan your week. I love that these guys were like, yeah, we've we've got Bible talk coming up. Why don't we just go ahead and put ourselves out there? And go across to that apartment complex because it's a lot faster to knock on all those doors rather than walk from. And and, and just hit as many doors as possible and see what happens as we kind of get it it going for for the cause of Christ. Uh, But again, when, when you are suffering together for a greater cause and you're striving together for a greater purpose or a greater goal, that's some bonding stuff, brothers. But thirdly, you're also bonded by a greater glue. Uh, I'm 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 going to jump down to. Uh, I, I was in Philippians a minute ago. I'm going to read again from it. In in Philippians two verse one, it says, "Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from Donnie leaving right in the middle of this passage, any common, any com- any common sharing in the spirit, any tenderness and compassion." then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, looking not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. What is it that allows a man to live that way? Well, it's right embedded in the text. If you have any common sharing, any fellowship in the Holy Spirit that's a big deal that is a supernatural distinction that everyone here shares that you were born again of water and spirit you were dead in sin and made alive in christ through the holy spirit that that is what you were but you were washed you were justified so you were washed you were sanctified you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, and by the very Holy Spirit of God. As you sit here, you have been marked and sealed with the guarantee of the Holy Spirit that brings you all together. You were all baptized into one body by one Spirit. By the way, some of those verses, if you go back and look at them, were Ephesians one thirteen and 14, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 12 and 13, 11 and 12, Rather And I forget where the other one was uh, from, from all of that, but make no mistake about it is you have the Holy Spirit, and for for us, we need to stoke the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is not ready for this. You probably want to write this down: The Holy Spirit is not unholy, but what does that mean is that if you want to grieve the Holy Spirit, grieve the very glue that puts us together, then it would be bonding over things that are unholy. And I, I get, I'm one of the worst offenders and I, and I, it it is my big goal. This year is that I want to, I want to pursue holiness at every turn, what I read, what I watch, what I say, how I joke in all of those ways. I want it to be about, about holiness. Why? Because I want to fan into flame this gift of the Holy spirit that has been given to all of this. And, and I want to be part of, of a community that likewise are men that are not afraid to... Be, hey, good to see you, bro. That are not afraid to be peculiar and odd and holy and distinct from, from the rest of the world and not kind of run after bonding through, through means that the world tries to run after. But if you want to make the world stop in its tracks, it's going to happen because we have a Holy Spirit... That has really glued us together. And then finally, one one last quick one here, is that we walk by a greater light. This is so absolutely distinct. Uh, I've heard this from uh, professors who teach at a variety of seminaries who have spent time in our fellowship, in our fellowship of churches. The one thing that they say that, you know what, the one thing that they can't get over besides the fact that people are you know missional and in small groups and all that. The one thing that they can't get over is that you actually have fellowship in the light rather than the darkness. Yes. When you have a chance, go back and look at first John chapter one, verses five through ten, where there it says that if you walk in darkness, then you actually have no fellowship with God. Mm-hmm. But what does it mean to walk in darkness John goes on to say, walking in darkness is where you claim to have no sin. You act as if you have no sin. And then he says, walking in the light is not perfection. But you know what walking in the light is? Freely confessing your sin. Yeah. But sure, we're going to step in it, sadly. Nobody's rooting for that. But when we do, we don't go fakie religious and act as if we have no sin. <laughs> but rather that we are vulnerable and real and transparent and having fellowship in the light. I would say probably of all the things that we've talked about, the one thing that has blown me away as well, just as it has others that kind of do analysis of of church culture is that, wow, we are all comfortable. I mean, it's never easy, but we're still more comfortable in the light than we are in the darkness. That you all probably know some of the nastiest, darkest secrets of my life that before I ever came into the Lord, I knew that my strategy was I'm taking these things to the grave with me. Nobody will ever, nobody's ever going to have that kind of leverage on me. No one's going to know that kind of dirt. Not, not the, the, the ways that I tried to go down a path of adultery or the, the various seductions that were criminal. The arrest record, the blackouts, the mess at, at every turn. My goodness! But that's not even just talking about me before Christ. But even as as we have our ugly moments where we decide to indulge flesh rather than honor God, even this morning, throughout our walk in Christ, that we continue to know that the only safe place is in the light, and we know that hey, even if someone's not embracing living in the light, where you confess your sins to one another in the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all and every sin. It's in first John chapter one, but also Ephesians tells us that with one another, have an anger that doesn't lead you to sin, but don't put that anger away until you've brought that sin fully into the light and taken away the foothold from the devil. That's all Ephesians four, take away the devil's foothold. And we do that for one another. And as much as you don't like it in the moment, at the end of the day, you're like, Oh, praise God that you persevered. I was getting ready to go be religious. I was getting ready to go try and be Mr. Kind of poser, fake Christian and and look all uh, dignified and holy on the outside, despite the fact that I just lost it with a porn binge and a masturbation binge. And I was going to try to cover that mess up. But nonetheless, thank you. Thank you for helping me back to the place where there's only real safety. Because when you're not in the light, Satan whispers into your ear, Hey, you know what? Now that you've done that, you're damaged goods. Not only are you damaged goods, if you tell anybody about this, they'll never look at you the same way again. You will be tarnished in fellowship forever. From the He's delivering the best of his persuasion to try to keep you in the dark. Why? That's where he has a foothold. That's why we're to, to give it our all to continue to help really bring people out into light. We are children of light who have nothing to do with the sinful deeds of darkness This is later in Ephesians 5, but rather we expose them. And and so we do that. But my goodness, don't back off from that, guys. Don't back off from running to the light ourselves and don't back off from if it's been a while since we've been real of being the person that takes away the devil's foothold in somebody else and really does. Try to not let the sun go down on the cause of your indignation. Don't put away the exposing light that is meant to help bring light into someone's soul. Keep it there until we come to that great place of safety. And not just safety, but wonder and grace and the washing that comes where you have grace upon grace already given. Again, how can we roll with what Jesus has given us? Well, keep on running after suffering for a greater cause. Striving for a greater goal, being bonded by a greater glue, holy glue, and walking by a greater light. (laughs)